0: never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee, to get through the day, and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Living Easy with Lindsay. I wanted to talk today about something that I recently received in my inbox on Instagram, and it's a question that I've received quite a bit. We have discussed it fully, Jesse and I, in our Intimacy Project, also known as the Sex and Intimacy Project. I'm changing the name <laughs> because I I want people to realize that it is fully covering things about emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, partnership, relationships, parenting together. It is not just about sex. However, I think that this is a big enough topic that it warrants some attention for my podcast. So as we begin, essentially... This is something that people don't talk about a lot because it feels like something is wrong. And it's because of the way society has portrayed it. They say, well, men want sex. Men always want sex. And I am the one who wants sex in my marriage and my husband doesn't. So what is wrong with that picture? And it can create a lot of confusion within the relationship. So this will be a relatively quick episode just because there is so much more information within the Intimacy Project. And just so you know, you can get the Intimacy Project and the Wife Project as a bundle for $100 off if you decided to do both. Or if you just want the one for couples, you and your spouse can watch together and Jesse and I teach and we also have our workbook. But one thing that I really want to address first and foremost is the shame that I think a lot of women can feel with this. And shame is such a powerful force. It is one that the enemy uses to kill, steal, and destroy, to make us feel less than, to make us feel as if we don't matter, as if we aren't valued. And it holds us back in this case, from embracing our sexuality or just feeling confused and embarrassed by the fact that your husband wants sex less than you do. And this really is just fueled by societal norms, cultural norms. And I think that what we find a lot of the time is that when a woman is struggling with feeling like she's not desired, It creates an emotional roadblock within the relationship that you may not actually be able to define in the moment. But as you look back and kind of see the disconnect, you see, well, he wasn't touching me. He wasn't showing me affection. He wasn't telling me I was beautiful. He wasn't loving on me. Therefore, he doesn't want me. Therefore, I withdraw and pull myself away. Or of course, it can play out in the opposite way, to where if you are not investing or your spouse is not investing emotionally within the relationship, you then do not want to have any physical connection. And both ways can create a lot of damage within the marriage. So I just want to talk a little bit about this. And I just want to take a minute to validate you in the feelings that Something is off because if you feel that way, and the Holy Spirit is kind of leaning into that and convicting and challenging a shift in your relationship, I think it's wonderful that you are seeking it out or that you're curious or asking questions or praying about it. And one of the biggest things that I believe is that when we live in this shame, when we feel embarrassed, when we feel devalued, it allows everything around us to kind of begin crumbling because we don't have that sense of self-worth. I want to challenge this concept because it's really, really easy to rely on your spouse to be the person who provides that for you. The feeling of validation, the feeling of being wanted, the feeling of being loved and while, yes, your spouse is intended to love you well and to love you as Christ loved the church for a husband and a wife, to respect her husband and love him and both parties, to love one another as a teammate, as a partner, as one That when you're lacking that, it can be really painful. And if you are feeling that, I'm just so sorry. There have been moments in my marriage where I have felt that and it's been really, really hard. And we've navigated it and it hasn't always looked super clean and tidy, but we figure things out as we go, as we learn one another, as we shift and change and seek Jesus in the growth that we have. But it is really painful. But when we hope for... Or expect our spouse to fill that hole in our hearts that is longing for that validation and love, and we expect it from them, a sinful, broken human, it's really going to mess us up when they fail us, which they are bound to do. And I just want to encourage you to give that role to Jesus. It's so easy to rely on our spouse for that, but they're going to fail and we're going to crumble. But Jesus never fails us. He's never failed you before. And he's faithful in reminding you of who you are, that you are weak, you are broken, you are sinful, you are imperfect. But he's never called you to be full and complete because that is not what he has promised for you on this earth. That is us in eternity. We'll be full and complete, lacking nothing. And that's who Jesus was. And so when we rely on him, and we seek Him to validate our hearts to fill that gap and to really be in the middle of our marriage to intercede for our failing husbands and our failing wives, we find so much more peace. And so when it comes to sex drive, As a whole, there are so many reasons why a woman may have a stronger sex drive than her husband. And it can be due to many different avenues. And this is not a one size fits all. This is something that you'll need to communicate with your spouse and ask questions. But it can be due to differences in biology in personality, in your past experiences, maybe some things that haven't been discussed fully or things that have been discussed, but maybe you don't realize the effect that it's had on them. Could be just individual variations in sexual appetite. It can be testosterone levels. That's a really big one. So it's important to remember that sexual desire is not, it's not this easy I see a beautiful woman, I want a beautiful woman, I want to have sex with my wife. It is complex and multifaceted, and it's a part of our marriage. And if there are other disconnections in your relationship, it's important to take a second to say, is the physical the only main issue, or are there a lot of other issues leading up to the main issue? And let me be honest with you guys and say this in love, you're not going to figure it out or get to the root of it without having the conversation and asking the hard questions. And there may be defensiveness. This is a big area for men. So if they are defensive or confrontational even, it is not justified or excused, but just so you understand that it is something that carries a lot of weight and a lot of burden for men. And if they feel that they're failing their wife in this area, it's important to try to figure it out in a gracious and loving way and with a gracious and loving approach. And it's also really important to remember that our spouses were raised in completely different homes than we were. And I actually was talking about this with my in-laws the other day, that Jesse was raised in a home where you did not show PDA. So his parents didn't show PDA, public displays of affection. His siblings when they were dating engaged, they did not show it. And I come storming through the doors <laughs> the sexual being that I am and having grown up seeing a lot of intimacy between my parents and not in a creepy, weird way, but just they kissed and they hugged and they danced and they loved on each other and held hands and sat on one another's laps. And while many people might think, oh my gosh, that's so weird and gross. I didn't think that it was. I thought that it was sweet and showed their love for one another. And so when I came into the picture, the whole family was aghast at me holding Jesse's hand and kissing him on the lips in front of his family. And I look back and realize now they felt that that was disrespectful and they've been very honest and they joke about it with me now, but I didn't even realize that. And coming into marriage, we've talked about this in the past, we talked about it in depth in the Sex and Intimacy Project as well, what our experiences were coming into the marriage, how different we were physically, mentally, when it came to sexuality and intimacy, but we were very different. He had a pastor's kid background. He really struggled to believe that sex was okay, even within marriage, like he felt this weird sense of shame and guilt, even though he knew. And I always say that that's something the church I believe does wrong is they say sex is gross. Do it with the person that you love. And it it just really taints our perspective because sex is not gross. It's good and it's sweet and it's created by God, but it is saved for, it is to be saved for the person that you love. So We have had to navigate a lot of differences that we've had. And so it's important for you to consider the background that your spouse has versus the background that you have. And when you are finding that you have a strong sexual desire or a stronger sexual desire than your husband, I think it is essential to respond to your desire in a healthy way authentic way. And one of those ways is to approach your spouse and to communicate with them openly, honestly about your desires and your needs. And this can involve initiating a conversation, expressing your feelings. It can be approaching them, pursuing them, um, and just kind of creating a safe and supportive space for open communication for them to tell you what they're really feeling and why. Now, this is not the general reason behind this but it can be one reason and so I think it's important that we touch on this that sometimes occasionally if a man is struggling to be intimate with his wife it is because there is another satisfaction that he has experienced from a different place and a lot of the time that can be pornography and pornography addiction rewires your brain I have multiple episodes on this but it rewires your brain to find satisfaction only through that medium. So pornography equals satisfaction, which then means sex does not equal as much satisfaction. It's just the way your brain functions when you've watched enough pornography. It's an addiction. It creates an actual neurological pathway in the brain. So all of this to say, those are very, very important things to maybe discuss, to ask questions about, hey, has there been addiction in your past? Hey, are you struggling right now? And it may take a long time for that honesty and vulnerability to come out, especially if this is not something you've discussed in the past. But the biggest key for this is to not respond with anger or jealousy or defensiveness, especially not immediately. You are going to feel big feelings if something comes out that you didn't know about but to provide a safe space for them and then to find a counselor or a mentor or a pastor who can help walk you through these things would be very, very helpful. But that can be something that draws a man's attention away from his wife. Now, another thing that we talk about within the intimacy course quite a bit is discussing your likes and dislikes. I think a lot of the time men and women can really struggle with intimacy because it doesn't satisfy them in the way that they thought that it would. And this gets really, really hard and tricky because you don't want to offend your spouse in telling them that you're not satisfied or that you're faking it, which men can't typically, obviously. But that that you're not fully enjoying yourself and it's not what you like. And so asking the questions of what do you like? What do you dislike? And we talk about within the course, like how to approach this in a way that's not super awkward, but it gives the opportunity to maybe see if there are things that you've been doing that it just doesn't work for them. It doesn't satisfy them. Another thing we've shared is just showing one another what you do like on your own body. And I think that's really important. God has given you sexual organs. He has given you pleasure centers. The clitoris has no reproductive purpose. It is solely for orgasm. And so you are allowed to be sexual. And I just want to like scream that from the rooftops that as a married woman, there is no shame in longing for sexuality, in desiring your spouse, in wanting to be touched, and wanting to be pleased, and wanting to be satisfied, and wanting to be seen and loved and cared for. All of those things are beautiful things, and there is no shame in that. If you read the Song of Solomon, it is about passion and love, and the gospel is tied into it. And so it is a beautiful gift from God that you desire sex. Okay. That is a good thing. Intimacy is a good thing and there's no shame in it. So as you move forward and approach these conversations, I think it's really important to remember that and to hone in to the creation of God and the creation of our human bodies that he has made us in the way that he desired to make us. And there's nothing wrong or dirty or filthy about that. And so As I mentioned, creating a safe space for the conversation is very important. Asking the hard questions, being willing to hear the hard answers, remembering the differences in your family, and asking questions about that. Hey, what did affection look like in your home growing up? Hey, how do you feel about PDA and why? How do you feel when I approach you for intimacy? Is there a certain time of day? This is something Jesse and I talk about a lot because we kind of miss the boat sometimes with intimacy, because I really appreciate intimacy in the mornings, specifically like right when I wake up, um, or midday at night after I have made dinner, done the dishes, gotten the kids to bed, and he always joins me for all of these activities, but I am done for. I'm touched out, I am whined out, whine as in like my kids are whining. I am just done for and I don't want to be touched. I want to take a shower, do my skincare routine, go to bed. Um, but we missed the mark because in the mornings he is like, go, go, go. He wants to get to the gym. He's got a plan for his day. He showers the second he opens his eyes. And so that's been a little bit of a challenge for us. And there are moments recently actually where I was the one pursuing and he was not, he wasn't having it. (laughs) He was not interested. And I told him, I said, I just need to be honest with you that I feel really rejected right now. And I feel like you don't want me. I feel like I'm not desirable. And I was dealing with my own insecurities that month as well, last month. And he just said, that's not it at all. Like my mind is one track. I'm thinking about lunches, school, gym, pickleball, and then getting work done. And it's just not where my head is at. And so we were able to have a really good conversation about timing and finding the right times that works for both of us where we're not exhausted or distracted. And just being honest and saying, I feel rejected, I feel unwanted was so freeing for me to get out. And it also made him take a step back and realize like, no, that isn't it at all. I do desire you. It's just. It, that's the timing that is hardest for me. And lastly, as I mentioned at the beginning, it can be biological. This is something that's very, very common within men that they have low or extremely low testosterone. And we have a few people in our lives that we know of who have had testosterone therapy essentially where they have increased their testosterone through doctor's help. And it has tremendously helped their intimacy and their marriages. And they didn't even realize that that's what it was. And low testosterone can also cause other issues or other symptoms like exhaustion or lethargy, grumpiness, moodiness, mood swings, all kinds of things that you may just think are part of who your husband is but he may just need to get a blood panel to see how his levels are, his blood levels and his testosterone levels. So I think that it's important to look into this issue or this struggle as one that there is hope in, that there is joy in, in knowing that it's a good thing that you desire your spouse. And though your spouse may not feel as sexual As you are, it doesn't necessarily mean anything is wrong with them. It doesn't necessarily mean anything is wrong with you. Sometimes it means coming together to better understand one another. And one thing Jesse and I talk about a lot throughout the Intimacy Project is kind of the main theme is that quality matters more than quantity. The goal is not to have sex six times a week, though your body may sometimes want that. That's totally fine and completely normal. However, sometimes if you have sex six times a week, it's not going to be as intimate, as intentional, as purposeful as it would be if you know, okay, this might be our only night this week or one out of two nights this week where we're intentional. And that's not to say some people, you guys, I know plenty of people who have sex once every three weeks and their marriages are thriving. So There is no number on this. I think if you can once a week, twice a week, that is wonderful. If you're not able to do that and you're still being intentional in the other areas of your marriage, that's okay. There's no shame or guilt because you're not keeping up with some quota. But coming back to that, when you do have that time, make it intentional. Make it quality. Serve one another, be purposeful with one another's bodies, ask questions, show affection, show love, serve their pleasure centers, and try to help them to feel that sense of relief. All of these things are so, so important within a relationship. And I believe it's more important than having sex as often as you can just to have sex. With that said, if you want to, and if you are like Lindsay, but I do, I want to be intimate then I will close with three steps. So the first step would be to talk to each other, to ask hard questions. If you need to fill out journal pages so that you're writing to one another, if you need to text about it because that's more comfortable, whatever you need to do, I do think face-to-face eye contact is so important. So if you are able to do that, that's really, really good and helpful. Um, But also secondly, going to somebody else Maybe having your husband talk to an accountability partner or a pastor or another couple, this can be very hard for men. The pride issue, the struggle issue, it can cause them shame and guilt, but you're also living with maybe shame or feelings of rejection or feelings of envy of other couples or feeling devalued or unloved, and so you're both feeling really big feelings. And therefore, they should be discussed equally with another couple, with a pastor, with a counselor, a marriage counselor, whoever you choose. Thirdly, I would say going to a doctor, getting those blood levels checked, because all of those things, conversation with one another, accountability, where maybe a man can ask some questions to your husband that he may not have been willing to answer with you, or some confession is necessary, or he just needs some insight, Coming from a man, men tend to hear from men in a better way. They, they are more responsive to their advice, to their concern, most of the time. Not always, but most of the time. And so having someone who can do that for your husband can be really helpful. And then just going and getting a full checkup to make sure that everything is working properly and that everything's okay. Because if everything's okay, we work backwards toward the conversation and the counseling or the mentorship in order to gain insight into how to strengthen the intimacy within your marriage. So I love you guys. If you want to hear way more about this, Jesse and I recorded four weeks of videos and have a full workbook, a his and hers workbook essentially, that you will fill out to help strengthen your emotional intimacy, your conversations, your understanding of one another, your love languages, basically everything that you need to deepen and strengthen your communication and your partnership. We talk about spiritual leadership, spiritual submission. We talk about what happens when your spouse is living a spiritually dry or unbelieving faith. Talk about the importance of sex, but also the damage of idolizing and worshiping sex. We talk about pornography, pleasure, the best times of day to be intimate, postpartum intimacy, what to do after you've had a baby and you're struggling with your body and your spouse doesn't understand. All of the things are covered in the course. So you'll find the link in my show notes as well as on my Instagram at living easy with Lindsay. You can go through and see my marriage courses on there as well. So I pray that the Intimacy Project encourages you and encourages your heart.